Well, good morning and thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Chatting about artificial intelligence today. We had a guest that just joined us from the Toronto Metropolitan University who basically talks about technology and how it weaves in and out of law, the legal system, and business. And Daniel Chai had some, what I would call, distressing examples of how it is being used day to day. He told the story about, I can't even believe this actually, about a fairly large company who called a Zoom call, a Zoom meeting. So they've got people that don't all work in the same office. They work in different. So they call a Zoom meeting. The president of the company is talking to the other staff members on the Zoom call is talking about an opportunity they have to buy and acquire another company. They need to transfer $25 million into a different account so that they can go ahead with the merger. And when the president says it, of course, if you're the head of finance or you're the one that is the controller of the finances, you're going to, you're seeing him talk about it. You are going to say, okay, fair enough. Money was transferred. Ended up it wasn't the president of the company. It was basically the use of artificial intelligence to take the looks and the voice and simulate the president of the company through artificial intelligence, and it resulted in a $25 million loss for the company. So knowing that's out there, and there's lots of great uses of AI. In fact, we're we're having some challenges getting a hold of our next guest, but when we get Tim on the phone, he will be able to walk us through some great innovations that they've made when it comes to traffic congestion and how AI is helping with that. But I am curious to know your thoughts. Are you excited about the rapid developments in artificial intelligence? Or are you concerned about how fast things are moving? one 332 8255 Remember, in the spring of 2023, Elon Musk, along with like a thousand tech leaders, including the leaders from Apple and other tech companies warned AI labs to slow their work. Basically saying there's no safety protocols in place. It's it's not safe to proceed the way basically things have been moving. In fact, they basically said AI developers are locked in an out-of-control race to develop and deploy even more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. This sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie. It doesn't even sound like a like a real thing. And so, yeah, this this warning that came from tech leaders basically saying AI is going to shape our world. I mentioned that Steve Wozniak, who's a co-founder of Apple, Andrew Yang, uh, who was uh, an entrepreneur in the in the uh, technology field, Rachel Bronson, the president of the bullet of atomic scientists. Yeah, they they are all involved in saying things are out of control. Things are happening too fast. So when you've got tech leaders and tech experts saying that, it does make you wonder about how AI works. Are you worried or are you excited? I mean, that's the, that's the question. one 332 When it comes to artificial intelligence, Are you one of these people that's super excited about the rapid developments in AI? This is great. It's going to propel our country forward. Or are you concerned? Are things moving way too fast and do we need to slow it down? 1-877-332-8255. Happy to take your calls, your texts on this. 
Let me know your thoughts. We're getting uh, a few people are texting in saying that they are worried, especially when it comes to health care. They don't want to leave their health up to artificial intelligence. And a lot of it is measuring the algorithms, right? Understanding the same way in which ads pop up on our phone. People understand there's ways that they can track things you're talking about, things you're interested in, things you're searching, and then continue to feed that information to your phone. That those, those forms of AI have been in our lives for years, whether we like it or not. But now we're talking about threats to jobs, especially in areas like banking and technology. And you just heard my last guest talk about programming is, is one area. Coding is one area where people were getting hired left and right to work for companies that if they were able to do coding, now you can get AI to do coding. You can get AI to write reports. You can get AI to do so many different things. Does that cause you concerns? one 332 8255 happy to get your calls your texts on this and uh, as i mentioned we are working to try and get our guest on the phone as well tim menard is who we're hoping to chat with he's the the ceo and founder of light which is a company that is working on and have developed a california-based traffic technology to completely through artificial intelligence eliminate the congestion especially when it comes to transit and emergency vehicles And those two things, of course, we know in an emergency situation or just with that day-to-day scheduling of transit is is an important thing to keep on time. And that's one way that they're using AI. 1-877-332-8255. Lots of people have said, we've been warned about this. Doomsday is near. A lot of people are, I, I think, are absolutely worried about the direction that this is going. Things are going to get worse. No one is superhuman. Um, artificial intel- <laughs> artificial intelligence in the prime minister's office. I got you. I got you there, Cameron. I know. I see what you're doing. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Looking for your thoughts on excited about the rapid developments in artificial intelligence, or maybe concerned about how fast things are moving. Phone line is open for you as well. Shopping assistance is a big one as well. You can actually pay to have AI provide you with a shopping assistant. So the technology allows you to, if you choose to to subscribe to the service, you basically put in the important people in your life into the program. So maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your children, maybe it's a coworker, a secretary, whatever the case may be. You put that information into your phone. You program what their likes are. You give it access. Here's the key. Give it access to your banking information. And then once we get close to admin assistant day, for example, it will send a bouquet of flowers. You don't even have to do it. It's all set up through artificial intelligence. You feel comfortable doing that? one 332 8255 we have got a call coming in on this, Jessica in Saskatoon. What do you think? Are we? Are you excited about this, or are you nervous about how fast AI is developing? For today, current. Sorry, I'd like to say, hey, hello, hi. Thanks for joining me today, Jessica. <laughs> um, so I would like to say, currently today, 
we're not ready for that kind of power as a society. I think it's due to the current state of the world's morale. And I also feel that like the majority of the population, including the software producers, mm-hmm. are using and creating AI the wrong way, such as uh, they're creating and we are, as consumers, using it as a crutch rather than versus an aid. And my... And I'd like to say that because the definition for crutch in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says a source or means of support or assistance that is relied on heavily or excessively. It's like a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Whereas if um, you looked up the word aid, and that's in the Oxford Languages Dictionary, it says help, assist, or support someone or something in the achievement of something. And I think the world mm-hmm. we need to switch our perspective of how we're using it uh, i agree that there needs to be laws and regulations on it and i think we need to shift how we're using it and let's use it as an aid rather than a crutch let and just even with the school system and how we're switching on how we're learning i feel like the school system is teaching the kids to think even more inside the box, mm-hmm. but they're guiding them towards a world of AI being used as a crutch rather than an aid. And I think I think you're I think you're absolutely on the right path in terms of we need to be able to harness how we're using it and how it's it's being basically utilized in, in our life on a daily basis. So, you know, that's the question is is does the problem lie with the people developing the technology or how we're using it? And somewhere in the middle, and this is what my last guest was talking about, somewhere in the middle is the regulation of it as well. So a lot of people are are feeling like, look, this is, if it's used right, it's important and it can help us. But if not, it's going to be a complete disaster. And that's basically what we're asking. Are you excited about the rapid developments in artificial intelligence, or are you concerned with how fast things are moving? one 332 8255 Terry and Lloyd Minster, thanks for calling in. What's your thought? Are we ready for what's coming? Well, I don't think anybody's really ready. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're ready. I think everybody's kind of been hiding under a rock and saying, hey, well, there's something that we heard about. It's called AI. But what you're talking about earlier about the assistant, that's machine learning, and that's not really AI. Mm-hmm. AI is more artificial intelligence. Uh, what you're talking about is just a basic bot, which be, you know goes on the numbers and then provides you with uh, information based on whatever those numbers are, birth date or anniversary, and then it basically just uses an automated system. AI would think about the actual gift that it was giving. Well, and that's the the article I read, Terry, basically talked about that. Talked about, yeah. and in its basic form, you can program it to do some things. But intuitively, it will send a note, um, you know, in the middle of a week when you, there hasn't been much interaction, just basically saying, appreciate the work you're doing, those types of things. It talked about, it gave an actual case study where uh, a lawyer was using it for his admin assistant, and yeah. she would randomly get notes or a cup of coffee delivered to her that was all based on some likes that were set up so he could prescribe to send flowers on a certain day but it would also intuitively know to do it at certain times of the year as well 
Yeah, and that's actually being used a lot more. Actually, most law firms are now using AI if it's basically for research or administration. Right. And I, I mean, I think, and I'm sure you would agree, that when it comes to research and things like that, I'll be honest, when I'm putting together this discussion today, I went into chat GPT just for the, the purpose of being able to say I did and wrote, Pros of AI, cons of AI, to see what it would produce on that, right? You can use it for research to come up with starting points, but as we know, any good thing can be exploited and potentially used for bad. Oh, certainly. I mean, what you have to do is, I mean, we're at early stages right now, right? Because it's it's a four-year-old. AI is basically a four-year-old right now, so it's learning. But you have to go back and, like, when you're teaching a four-year-old, you have to go back and check over what it's done, right, to make sure it's doing it right. Same thing now. But it's advancing so rapidly, they figure by next year it'll be a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. The year after, it'll be a 20-year-old. Isn't that crazy? one 332 8255 Appreciate your call, Terry. Appreciate the perspective. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a couple other calls. James in Saskatoon, you're next on my list. So when we come back, we're talking about artificial intelligence. Are you excited about the rapid developments in AI? Are we ready for it? Or are you concerned with how fast things are moving? Phone lines and text line continues to be open for you. We'll be right back on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, thanks so much for joining in today. The conversation around artificial intelligence. And we're asking you, are you excited about the rapid developments in AI? Are you concerned about how fast things are moving? And very, people are very split on this. People have definitive thoughts, and I'd love to know yours. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Kelsey from Saskatoon texted in and said, basically, AI and automation has been used in manufacturing for decades to make things more efficient, eliminate the need for people to do tedious and repetitive tasks. Now that it's coming for white collar jobs and office workers, everyone's in a panic. It's a tool. You've got to learn to use it or become obsolete. And that's kind of like technology in general, right? If you don't lean into it, you're going to get left behind. one 332 8255 All right, James in Saskatoon has been hanging on. Your thoughts, James? You're one of these guys that says you're excited about the rapid development. You think this is good stuff for us. I do. I do. Because I, I, I guess I'm old enough to look back in the, over a bit of a history. And I think back to when computers first kind of, entered into our, our, our um, retail aspects of everybody having a, uh, access to a computer. And, and I remember the first apples that kind of came out onto the marketplace, and it was like, oh, my God, we're going to have a paperless society. There's not going to be any necessity for any office buildings or, or all of that. And we found that that isn't necessarily – it doesn't supplant uh, any other activities. It, didn't, it adds to it, right? And so – our capacity becomes greater. And that's why I say that I do think what ends up happening. So, for example, case in point, we have seen the advancement of, of AI or artificial replication um, in in the markets uh, for a period of time. And we've seen people really try and sell this, oh, you know, all you have to do is just put in the algorithm uh, and uh, put your investment strategy and it will do itself. Mm-hmm. But we now know that the market itself reacts to that and actually shakes out uh, algorithms so that they're not as effective, right? Right. And then proceeds on. So that's why I say that what ends up happening out of this is we have become an adaptive source to it. And I think that that 
is where the great beauty lands, is, is our capacity to once again utilize it as a tool like every other tool mm-hmm. and let it be for our benefit, right? But this whole idea, it, it kind of speaks to the, what is the nature of your existence? Are you positive and excited about the future or are you always dreading the impending cloud isn't that isn't that the truth james i think that's a very valid point i think it's it sometimes comes down to just your outlook on life and you can apply it to a whole bunch of things ai just happens to be the one that's in front of you today and by the way james thanks for reminding us for those of us old of old enough to remember when computers were emerging on the scene the doomsday messages that were coming out from so many people now I feel like we couldn't do anything without having a computer, even a handheld one, uh, with us. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I got time for one more call. Jonathan in Saskatoon, thanks for calling in. What's your thought? Are you excited about rapid developments in AI, or are you concerned about how fast it's moving? No, I'm definitely concerned about how fast it's moving, um, and the reason is. We all know that there's a difference between educated and intelligent, right? right? I know a guy who's barely got his grade 10, one of the smartest people I know. Right. I've met some PhD holders who, quite frankly, you know, couldn't get much past tying their own shoes. <laughs> Anything beyond their field, they're a complete moron. Um, with AI, you know, I keep hearing artificial intelligence. I'm not hearing artificial wisdom. Right. Right. You know, and you're a cop. You know the difference between being smart and being wise. So you're saying you know? basically it, it can provide us information. It can provide us intelligence, but it can't provide in some ways all of those things that human beings can. Perspective, um, corporate knowledge and memory, uh, a few things like that. Precisely. And that's why, um, you know, in, in some ways it can be good if it's contained. But, you know, as soon as it starts taking control, you know, look out, right? There's got to be some serious, um, you know, fingers over that button that just shuts it down (laughs) and they get rid of control. For sure. And I think that's what we heard from some of those tech leaders like Elon Musk last year when they were warning, hey, some of the AI labs need to slow things down a little bit. It's it's moving faster than our regulations and our risk management and our safety protocols are moving in, in order to management. Jonathan, thanks so much for calling in. All right, we need to take another quick break. It is my hope we're going to be able to get our guest. We've been playing a bit of phone tag uh, with a guest who can explain a very positive use of AI in our communities. If we get Tim next, that we'll talk about that. If not, we'll switch gears. Right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, good Tuesday morning and thank you so much for joining me this morning. We've been having a, a great conversation on artificial intelligence. We actually had a guest booked and as can happen, there was some kind of a miscommunication. We weren't able to get Tim Menard on the air to talk about the artificial intelligence and his use of it through his company when it comes to traffic control. But as I've come to know and rely on, you never let me down. You always show up for the discussion at one 332 8255 So just closing things off uh, on a little bit uh, to do with artificial intelligence, Tim in Saskatoon texted in, in healthcare finance and law, there is currently a push for a concept called explainable AI. As developers, we know that if people are going to benefit from AI, they have to trust it and understand it, which I think is a really good point. 
one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Also, Craig has been holding on uh, for this discussion as well. What what's your thoughts, Craig, when it comes to AI? Are you one of these guys that's pumped up and excited, or are you concerned about where we're headed? Um, I'm very concerned. I mean, it's almost sad to see that people overlook the good that it will create with the bad that it's going to create. You know, it's it's no different than the internet. Uh, social media, I mean, yeah, those things do have benefits, but they also have very, very bad uh, outcomes, too. How it's developed and, of course, how we use it is really what it comes down to. And sadly, um, you and I might use it for good and for research and, and try and apply it to positive things in our life, but we know there's always going to be people that are going to use it as an opportunity for fraud and exploiting people and all of the challenges and and sadly those are the things of course that we hear about most in the news isn't it yeah that's right i mean for most of us we don't know what it's capable of i mean for these top tech guys to be coming out and bringing the alarm bell i mean we better be taking a, a real hard look at this one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five is always the number you can call to join the conversation whether it's shooting a text in giving me a call, and that's what we appreciate about the show, just opening things up to you. So if we switch, let's switch gears from AI, and let's take a look at the teacher situation again, because I'll tell you one thing. We've talked about two or three different topics this morning. We had Brian Zinchuk on the show. We talked oil and gas. We got some texts and calls in during that. But we also got texts and calls on the teachers. We talk artificial intelligence. We still get texts and calls on the teachers. So it's really clear to me the thing that is forefront on people's minds today is what's going on with the the teachers. Of course, we know that their rotating strikes will continue tomorrow. We're seeing that is moving to a different area of the province. Day two of the rotating strikes, Creighton School Division, Northern Lights, Prairie Spirit, the Saskatoon Catholic and Saskatoon Public School divisions will be affected by that and a couple of of others as well. Of course, you can always check the STF website if you have questions or you want to try and get clarification about how it's going to affect your children and the school that, that you're connected with. But then we hear that the schools are taking another step. Sorry, the teachers are withdrawing noon hour supervision on Thursday. And so this will be province wide. And what we're seeing, this is interesting, and a lot of the texters are pointing this out. This is a province-wide change where teachers are withdrawing noon hour supervision. And Darren and Mooseman, his, his text message to me sums up a couple of things for us. He says, Thursday, which is the withdrawal of noon hour supervision, is a great example of why we can't negotiate class size and complexity province-wide. No two divisions are reacting exactly the same way. Some will have supervision, some won't, some will dismiss kids, some will stay for lunch, some will leave early for the entire day. It needs to be decided by the school board and school administration. They know the local needs better than the STF or the education minister. So this is the conversation and bringing it back to school boards and how they need to be involved in this discussion, even though we haven't heard from them, despite asking. Right? We've asked the school boards numerous times, I don't care if you don't want to talk about the bargaining. We don't have to talk about the bargaining. 
We'll leave that off. Let's just talk about the challenges that you are seeing right now in your division. Because as school board members, I know you're dealing with these challenges. And not coming on and talking is, to me, there's a void in this conversation. But you never leave the void. You are always willing to talk to us at one 332 We were asking the question earlier today, and, and I'm curious to know your thought now. Has this recent move that includes lunch hour supervision changed your view on the teacher strike? Do you have the same point of view that you did before? Samantha Beacott, of course, has done some media over the last little while. When they announced this, this noon hour supervision, the question was actually posed to the STF president about the fact that, you know, there's a lot of parents that are frustrated saying that they have had to pay fees to cover lunch hour supervision. STF President Samantha Beacott yesterday said and reminded us that those funds don't go to teachers, they actually go to divisions. Uh, Well, that payment is going to school divisions in order to create those plans. And as I said, there is no requirement that school divisions um, use teachers to provide the supervision, although many of them do rely on teachers to um, provide that service. Um, the compensation for teachers for noon hour supervision differs uh, widely across the province. Um, I don't know what a maximum might be, but there there's kind of an average salary, I think, of $20 an hour. I've heard for that noon hour supervision. Um, some teachers, though, are compensated through um, hours to earn uh uh, like a earned day off or or a personal day. And so some of those might be that teachers have to provide 75 hours of additional service, and that can be through noon hour supervision or extra curve to earn just one day off uh, throughout the school year that they can choose. That was Samantha Beacott yesterday when uh, talking to the media about the fact that there's a whole bunch of different ways that different school divisions handle that noon hour supervision. And the fact that Parents have to pay in most locations. You have to pay to allow your child to stay over the lunch hour. If you're paying for it, that money goes to the division, and then the division decides how it's going to spend the money. So as you heard, in some centers, and we talked about this this morning, some centers, teachers actually get 20 bucks an hour if they're doing it. In some centers, it's not even teachers that do it. They bring in people outside parents or or volunteers that get their criminal record check and all of those security and safety protocols are taken care of. They come into the schools and they then do that lunch hour supervision. In some places, and I I know this to be the case in a couple of different uh, divisions where I have friends, the teachers will do the supervision. They don't get paid for it, but they basically get credits to extra time off. So uh, I'm just making this number up, but if they did... 50 lunch supervisions, they get one day off. That may not be the actual number, but I'm just trying to prove the point that it's it's credits towards time off. And so there's really no consistency across the province on how this is done, probably which is what we're seeing in terms of the lack of consistency with how school divisions are handling it. <laughs> and some people are saying the grass looks a little greener on, I like how that school division's doing as, as opposed to how mine is. So, Just because you hear something in the news doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly what's happening with your school. Have you got a thought on this? 1-877-332-8255. We're looking to hear your thoughts. Have the the recent move 
by the STF, which includes now involving lunch hour supervision. Has it changed your view on the teacher strike? I got Frank and Regina on the phone. What's your thoughts, Frank? Okay, this just doesn't apply to teachers. This applies to all people. If you want to observe the collective greed and self-entitlement of a group of people, unionize them. And that's, you're saying that's what's contributing to the problem? Oh, definitely. Do you think, have you, have you had any ch- chance, Frank, to talk with individual teachers on this topic? Yes, uh, there definitely are problems in the school, but you don't, st- you don't start telling your boss how you're going to work. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, in your mind, and I'm just, I'm kind of digging into what you're saying here, Frank, but in your mind, it's this notion of, trying to set classroom complexity and some of these other challenging things into the collective agreement is not something that you think teachers should be doing. Yes, that falls under that self-entitlement. one 332 8255 Do you agree with Frank? What are your thoughts? There's lots of people texting in. Strong support for the teachers and a lot of people texting in. If, if I actually were to do kind of a poll today, an informal poll a non-scientific poll. Yes, I need to clarify that. It would be close to 50-50. Glenn says it really sounds like the teachers' union is open to negotiations and willing to meet. The government's stance seems firm and not willing to sit down. The government needs to realize everyone starts by asking for the moon and then negotiate down from there. Glenn's point is, I think, well taken in that both sides have to appreciate that they're, you know, if you're offended by their opening stance, that should motivate you to get to the table and, and maybe bargain it from there. Now, that's wages, right? So the teachers are at far one side, the government is at far the other side, and will the two be able to come together and meet some common ground? I'm not so sure about that. But when it comes to classroom complexity, this this could be the one that is the one that holds us out for a long time because it appears to me like the province has dug their heels in and said, this, this is an issue. Absolutely. It is an issue that needs to be looked at. We will work with the school boards on it. We will not put it in the collective agreement. We've heard them say it numerous times, and I'm not so sure that the number of strikes or the number of missed lunch hour supervisions or amount of non-coached basketball games is going to get the provincial government to change their minds. I could be wrong. Cameron and Regina says trying to gain support by disrupting people's lives is a double-edged sword. On one hand, it keeps the issue front and center. On the other hand, it starts annoying people. (laughs) And I believe the latter is starting to take hold, says Cameron. All right, we'll take a break. We got more calls on this, more texts on this. Your opportunity to weigh in with your thoughts on the current teacher situation at 1-877-332-8255 when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. We're talking about teachers. What else? We've been talking about teachers and education a lot over the last number of weeks. Of course, we're talking about the fact that recently they have announced that they will be now pulling back on lunch hour supervision on Thursday throughout the province. And the question that we've thrown out to you at one 332 8255 is... Has this recent move involving the lunch hour supervision changed your view on the teacher strike, or are you still in the same position you always have been? Let's go to Lorraine and Regina. What are your thoughts, Lorraine? Uh, My thoughts are I totally agree with your previous caller, Frank, about unions. And 
with this whole thing, it really hasn't changed my mind. I, I wasn't pro-teachers with this for a long time with regards to size and complexity. So is is the is the point, Lorraine, that you're you're feeling that it's an issue, but it shouldn't be in the collective agreement, or are you disagreeing exactly. that it's an issue? No, I, I it is an issue, right? Definitely, right? And it's got to be localized because the problems are localized. Very, very true. And we've had a few texters this morning talking about the fact that even how the teachers and the school divisions are handling this lunch hour supervision announcement proves to us that it's it's not the same everywhere right the 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 way in which they're going to handle this is very different in for example rural Saskatchewan versus urban we've had some people say the way lunch hour supervision is handled in a rural community in some ways is very different than how it is in Saskatoon or Regina for example we've had a few people say what teachers in the city get paid for it. teachers in the country don't that's not the case in every school division, but there are definitely some differences, and I think we are vetting those out the more we talk about this. one 332 8255 Lots of texts coming in, too. People are just talking about classroom complexity. Uh, Tony texts in here and says, I disagree with Frank. Teachers are not self-entitled. They're hardworking people looking after our kids, trying to make them ready to be adults, and government isn't listening. There's definitely a split on this. And I I think it's more than just two sides because there are a lot of people that are texting in and are saying, I completely support teachers, but I'm frustrated with the STF. We're getting that from people too, right? So people that are saying, look, I think teachers are great. My kids' teachers have been outstanding. I love the work that teachers do. I'm frustrated with their union, even some teachers who, of course, can't give their name, can't speak up publicly, but are saying that they don't necessarily agree with every step that the union has taken on this issue. And those most recent steps are day two of rotating strikes, which is happening in a few different school divisions, including Saskatoon tomorrow, which, by the way, there were some schools in Saskatoon that were supposed to have open houses tomorrow. Clearly, that's been put on the back burner. And then Thursday, province-wide, no lunch hour supervision. So consult with your local school, the administration in your school, to see how they're handling it. But in most cases, kids can't stay over the lunch hour, so alternate arrangements will have to be made for them. This is a good conversation, and although this pretty much wraps up the talk we're going to do on teachers today, we are opening it up for a full discussion tomorrow as well. Starting at 8.30, we will be discussing the teachers. We'll have a couple of guests join us, and we will get your thoughts as well. We're going to have open lines for an hour from 9 to 10 tomorrow morning, and your opportunity to weigh in on that. By the way, while I'm talking about tomorrow's show, and I'll mention this again before we're done, but we're doing a whole section tomorrow on records. So if you're one of these people that love the resurgence of vinyl and listening to music on a record, you're going to love tomorrow's show. We've got a whole hour dedicated to that, why it's bringing this kind of this big comeback, and even the value of maybe some of those old gems that you have in your collection. We'll be talking about that tomorrow on the show as well, right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.